0: To episode one of Get to Know with Pogman, and I'm really happy today to say we're going to be getting to know Sub-Doctor all the way from Nevada in America. So, how you doing, bro?
1: I'm good, man. How about yourself?
0: Yeah, not too bad. Soldering through the uh, COVID times, of course. As uh, yourself, yes. I imagine.
1: Yeah, the never-ending, uh, the never-ending dilemma. It seems like never-ending bullshit, bro. It's <laughs> just- yeah, <laughs> fucking a. But that's
0: that's literally like what I'm trying to do with this is we're gonna we're gonna try and get away from that shit because we could talk about that you know we're not trying to get too political on this podcast so this is more of a exactly what it says it's a get to know so we're gonna try and get to know Preston which is the man behind Sub Doctor basically what we're gonna do to start with I think the third, the the thing I really want to find out the most about everybody is where the sort of journey of music started and not even the uh, journey into production and the career and if i mean like day one like your earliest memory of when you were a kid whether you were you know whether your parents were big music listeners and where you sort of
1: started on the music road i suppose uh cool yeah so i grew uh, the the earliest memories i have are my dad playing guitar growing up and he had a couple bands and you know i would go to like his band practices and stuff like that and he was a really good acoustic guitar player and uh, so that probably got me into it first, and you know it's funny. You know that Seal song, "Kissed by a Rose." Oh hell yeah, of course. Yeah, of Banger. course. So <laughs> they used to cover that in their band, and I was like six years old. So when I would hear it on the radio, I thought it was him. That's so
0: cool, bro. That is so cool. for like the
1: longest, <laughs> the longest fucking time. I thought it was him singing that. That I remember finding out it wasn't. It like broke my heart as like a little kid. <laughs>
0: but... Dude, I imagine especially like because. I... Was that song was written for Batman, I think, wasn't
1: it? Oh fuck! I can't. I don't know the origin. Yeah, and... I swear.
0: Like it was the Batman song, so I imagine it would have been even like, holy shit! My dad wrote the Batman song. Fuck yeah! Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I had like a little, a little
1: <laughs> bike that he had painted. I think I was like five or six years old, and my first bike he painted like Batman. It was just like this crazy fucking thing. So that's sick. that was probably like my my earl- earliest experiences, and then I uh and then I grew up uh, playing the drums. Um, up until oh, nice. up nice. until I went to uh, college or uni, as you say. Yeah,
0: yeah, sure is over in, over this side of the pond. Uni, yeah. of course.
2: Um,
0: so were you a drummer? Uh, was it a certain style you were playing, or was it just a bit of everything? Or
1: uh, I took I tried out for a uh, seventh grade band. I remember. Um, you know how yeah, like the band class, you know, like marching band and shit.
0: Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, because we don't get that shit in England. So, oh, okay, but, like, it's that.
1: Is that the stuff that,
0: like, the guy's on the field during the before the Yeah, yeah, shit like that.
1: So I went and auditioned for it. And then I realized I had to wear that stupid fucking uniform all the time. (laughs) And I was like, way too punk rock back in the day. So I was like, fuck you guys. They're like, you can come in. And I was like, nah, just kidding. And, uh, hell yeah. so So I took some lessons, um, for a few months. And then, uh, yeah, just kind of played along with stuff, tried a couple little, you know, projects with people never really worked and then i was just drumming for myself
0: so was the was the punk influence because obviously we've spoken personally as friends we both know that we're, we're very much into that sort of side of music which we'll definitely get into later in the show but so did you get any of the punk influence or the rock influence from like your dad or was was were they covering punk songs or rock songs or
1: no i actually grew I, i'm a huge dave matthews fan um okay got you my my dad i grew up listening to that shit but when i was in like my you know probably 11 12 pre years my dad was really into like lincoln park and uh like like chevelle and shit like that um that's so, fucking
0: awesome you must have a pretty young dad then
1: yeah yeah he's a i think he's 53 or 54 now i'm 30 um got so, yeah
0: yeah yeah so see because that's awesome because like I'm only, like, two years older than you, but I remember, like, Linky Parker, that coming out, and, like... To saying that though, my dad actually enjoyed that sort of music. Thinking about it now, yeah, but he heard it through me rather than rather than the other way around. So yeah, yeah. that's awesome that you you kind of got that from your dad.
1: Yeah, that was definitely like the the rock side of stuff. You know, just growing up with my dad playing in rock bands, but the punk thing was all me just you know fucking being a rebellious teenager. Of course, I was, <laughs> I, well that was that was my next question really. Like, did you go
0: with with us being a similar age? Did you follow the sort of genuine? thing that we all did where you get into the softer side, then it becomes a bit more rebellious. Then next thing you know, you're listening to fucking Cannibal Corpse. like
1: Cattle Decapitation and like fucking this Canadian band called Iskra and like all this crazy shit. Oh, hell All, yeah. all the grindcore. Grind, grindcore is like the peak of like crusty punk rock, like upbringing. You know what I mean? You get to like <laughs> fucking crazy anarcho-punk and like crust in grindcore. It's just like the dirty fucking... <laughs> gutter punk It shit. really
0: is, man. Because, like, I think a lot of people forget as well, because obviously you're probably a lot like me, a fucking complete music nerd, that, like, grindcore basically is the extreme end of punk, whereas a lot of people would probably imagine it as more of, like, a metal genre. Obviously it's got its metal, um, sort of influences and stuff, but I think I agree with what you're saying. It comes a lot from, like, the noise punk area, and, like, just the faster and the more extreme. Yeah, it, was like,
1: th- it was, like, thrash punk and, like, fucking death metal had, like, a love child. You know what I mean? And the old grindcore stuff, you know, was all really... um, It was really just fucking faster thrash punk. You know, it wasn't so... 100%. Cleaned yeah. up. And I feel like nowadays, I still dabble a little bit. I feel like it's kind of moved in, like most music, into cleaner post-production, which makes it sound a little more metal, in my opinion, which is fine, you know. Of but course. you still got that.
2: Still of got course, the attitude.
0: Because, yeah. like, I mean... We uh, I'm quite lucky because again, being from, I'm from Wolverhampton, Birmingham, the city right next door is where Nightcore and Death are from. And oh who yeah, are like, of course. You know, the the grind core, the grind core gods. Yeah. So uh, we we got that influence like really early when I was a kid. But I was the same as you. One minute I'm listening to Blink 1 Act 2 and the next minute I'm buying Pick Destroyer <laughs> albums. Do you know what I mean? Like,
1: well, it's definitely like it's, I, w- I want to say like a lot of the musical influence, especially in the punk rock world, for me came from like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Dave Mears, BMX, you know, Bad Religion, No Effects, uh, fucking all that sort of shit, you know, um, Goldfinger, obviously, and oh hell yeah, it def- definitely, it definitely, es- those soundtracks. Oh my god, I still, I still listen to them all the time. Like all my Spotify Made for You playlists are mostly just like different kinds of rock and punk rock <laughs> from t- 15 years ago. Dude, totally the same man. But- <laughs>
0: i found i found
1: as i got older as well music i
0: kind of skipped i'm now actually way more into than i was back then because i'm a huge hardcore fan now like straight edge new york hardcore. oh He's I, like bet, I bet you love. are so like, mr sober well no, yeah it, it makes more sense nowadays because i was fucking i was ba- basically an alcoholic for many years so now it's better that i'm actually i'm actually living the straight edge life now, no that's so. badass i'm
1: just giving you shit that's badass <laughs>
0: But um like yes, because when I was listening to when I first got into hardcore, it was more like Terra, Throwdown, like maybe like the more metal side of hardcore. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't I wasn't massively into the sort of straight edge, a bit more preachy youth crew side of things. But now I've got older. I'm I'm like, why did I not stick to that back then? Like, because it's basically like it's it's punk, it's more punk than this like metal side and then I just rekindled my love for punk, man. Like, it's just, it just will never get old to me. It's ever. cool.
1: I, I did the same thing, you know, a lot of the shit, because I was such a stubborn punk rocker. It was like, you know, rancid and fucking casualties and, you know, all like this street street punk shit. And I missed out on a lot of, I mean, I love pop punk too, but I missed out on a lot of the post-punk, post-hardcore, like Bring Me the Horizon and Chiodos and mars volta even and shit like that that i didn't even get into until like three or four years ago once i that stubbornness went away and i rediscovered a lot of these bands where i was like why the fuck didn't i get into this earlier but definitely. it's just it's I'm crazy i'm the same crazy. man
0: i think as you're younger and you're growing up as well we all have got definitely got that elitist snobbery and <laughs> yeah. nostalgia you know like i remember when i was a little we we were called uh, we called the Grebo's in England. So if you were, like, a rocker kid, you were a Grebo. Oh, it's okay. So, um, That's sick. Yeah, so I when like I was that. A little, yeah, yeah. Oh, we wore we wore that patch fucking with pride. Bro. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I'm a fucking Grebo, man. <laughs> but uh, I remember being a Grebo and being, like, fucking grime music. What the fuck is that shit? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And now now I'm a fucking dubstep producer and, like, fucking love grime. I produce grime, you know. Yeah. I listen to it a lot. And I'm, like, I think it's just that. When you go through that rebellious punk rock youth and that Grebo youth, as we called it here, it's kind of like nothing else matters or exists other than those sort of 20 bands that you're A
1: oh, 100%. Every patch you have on your pants, those are the only bands you fucking listen to. Yeah. So, yeah, so being, being from the UK, uh, I'm curious, were you guys really into like subhumans in the attics or were you more of like grabbing like the Misfits and the Ramones from this side? You know what I mean? Or... I think you
0: had a sort of split where you had the guys who, again, similar to what we were just discussing, who were very elitist. We listened to UK punk rock, punks from the UK and all this shit. Fucking you know? exploited, all that shit. Exactly, yeah, like you said. and then But then you had people who were probably a bit more like our, our older selves now, who wanted to broaden their horizons and... They were probably looking more towards the American punk rock and, you know, like the Ramones,
1: the Misfits, but, Dead uh, Kennedy shit the, like the that. Damn,
0: yeah. Was the, was, the, was the damned English actually thinking about it? I think they were. Well, the damned American. I can't remember.
1: I can't remember. This is all this is all shit from 30 years ago. We're trying to remember.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're trying to remember shit that was before we were even fucking born at this point. Yeah, I feel like half the
1: people that are going to listen to this are be like, dude, shut up about punk rock. We get it, you fucking nerds. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah exactly that's the thing like i knew that like with so many guests who i'm going to be having on because you know i'm trying to get people on who i know i don't want to sound bad towards anybody else but at least i've got a bit of personality can hold the conversation you know i'm not going to have to be like yeah, talking yeah, yeah. to a fucking wall so but i knew when i'll get yeah. people like yourself <laughs> on i've got i've got bookers finest going on he's a huge grindcore fan and it's like oh sick could, yeah i could easily waste like an hour just talking about that shit so but yeah. <laughs> yeah, so maybe we should maybe, but we can we can hit more of that later on as we get as we delve deeper into other things. So, if we loop back round to obviously your introduction to music, was there a certain album or a certain artist that really was like defined you as like you know your big? Because obviously it sounds like you went down that rebel sort of Grebo youth. I say in quotation marks. So was there a certain band or artist that really did it for you back then?
1: I mean, you already know what my answer is going to be because we've talked about it. But it's <laughs> AFI, amazing. You know, amazing. AFI was that. I, I remember "Sing the Sorrow" came out in 2003, and I was 13 years old, and like that was at the cusp of like, you know, 13, 14, starting to get angsty and just yeah. being a teenager. And for whatever it was, man, just his voice, the 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 music was beautiful. The lyrics were fucking deep you know he does so much in latin and like just these like love languages of you know just how he expresses himself so that just really resonated with me still i'm still wearing an afi shirt right respect bro because i
0: still i still to this day um think that the art of drowning is literally one of the masterpieces of that era like that's my favorite oh, that's my... you
1: can see oh you
0: see shit yeah the of course I can. Me. yeah i can um but yeah, because my introduction to AFI was actually uh, I saw the Days of the Phoenix video on like MTV. Cause, oh my god! So in England, MTV Two was the alternative channel. It was a bit different to in America. So uh, MTV Two was where you got like Headbangers Ball and like all those sort of like rock shows. And I remember seeing the um, the Days of the Phoenix video and like like you said, it was it was punk enough for me to be like fuck yeah. But it was also it had that beauty and shit that you were just talking about and. Davey Havoc is just the fucking, you know, he's so He's, he's
1: the balls, dude. He's the fucking man. You
0: know what he reminds me of? No offense to this person, but it reminds me of Bert McCracken if he was actually cooler. Like, because <laughs> like, Bert, Bert McCracken's a pretty cool motherfucker, but, like, I don't know, they used, seemed a tad bit more to me, whereas AFR. Yeah, I feel that. Whereas IFI were like, we're fucking doing it right.
1: <laughs> I did get into I I did get into the used though over the like when we were talking about revisiting stuff. Definitely got back into them, but yeah, they were like the cusp of like goth and punk rock for me, and that yeah. really resonated with me.
0: Definitely, bro. Which is fucking, you know. Again, we could do a fucking three-hour podcast on IFI to be totally honest. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> I know, seriously. But. Um, Anybody who's not heard I- IFO who's listening to this podcast go and check them out. And the good thing about IFO, which I think Preston will agree with, is their journey and their fucking progression as a band as well. Like you listen, those two new songs that were released are fucking awesome. But you know, if you were to listen to that and then go back and listen to like, uh, was it the All Hallows EP? It was the very first thing they did? I think
1: not the very first thing. No, they had the uh, Answer That and Stay Fashionable from like '94. Oh, okay. But it's nice to see that they've never.
0: It doesn't sound exactly the same, but you can still tell it's AFI, like a mile mile off, which is great.
1: Well, then there's so many bands, you know, out there that, you know, you can call them sellouts, but you really just hear the development of their sound throughout time. And I think us as producers should 100% embrace that more in terms of not to get stuck in a sound that's popular, that, you know, you had one big hit and you're like, fuck, I have to make 10 of those songs now. You know, your fans want to hear the progression and you're going to get fucking bored if you don't move in that same direction, you know? Of
0: course. And I think any real fan can appreciate that. And I think it, it's nice to see. I've always had a really big opinion on what selling out actually is. And I think a s- selling out is when you complete, when you change every aspect of your brand. So your image, your sound, your everything to match something that's cool right now, I suppose. Whereas... IFR, yeah, they might have progressed, but
1: they're still fucking dirty punk rock kids at heart. You could tell. Do you know what I mean? Oh, hundred percent. Hundred percent. And yeah, I think that's a perfect description is changing everything about yourself, you know, to fit a to fit a mold is more selling out. The fact that someone's making money and playing big shows, you know what I mean? All the underground oh God, snobs, yeah. <laughs> especially in our fucking world. Um Especially, like, God, I'm sure you went through it, too. Being from the UK, when, like, BroStep in, like, 2012 started getting popular, I was still very much into Deep Dubstep, but the shit-talking on, like, Dubstep Forum and, like, these kind of things, you're just like, God damn, they fucking... It was me. insane. I never go it there. was They're insane for us
0: because it was, like, <laughs> but, me, like, we were kind of on that, on that wave of... So 2011 was really when my name started to sort of come through, and it was the same. There was like me, there was 50 Carat, there was Trampa, there was Bad Clark and Requake from Belgium, and we were sort of, we were, we were sort of riding that little wave. But then, obviously, we started to go to America, and just, just gradually you, your set started getting heavier because you were catering for this sort of like... I suppose you would call it bro-steppy sound. You know, again, I never had anything against it. No, not at all. Because, like you said, as a producer, I respected the progression of where the genre was going.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, But uh, I'll never forget the first time I played EDC, back in, like, 2015 or 16, and I was mixing a song, and I dropped it. It It was the Jotaro intro, and I switched it into... An Eptic remix, but it was uh, a remix that Eptic had done, with it, which was a bit more trappy. And I got fucking slaughtered on Twitter, bro. <laughs> Absolutely slaughtered. People on there are like, "What? When the fuck did uh, Pogman turn into DJ Snake?" And all this, I'm like, "It was just a mix, man. It was just a mix." Like, I, the reason I didn't want to play Jatoro is because fucking seven thousand DJs that weekend had played it, so I thought I'd maybe do something different. Yeah, exactly. That was bro. like the
1: Grizztronics or like. The sudden death exactly. of 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 that year yeah and
0: bro i got fucking absolutely like <laughs> berated online i was like oh wow okay oh now i'll uh, i'll never do that one so now i started doing the same thing but i was mixing it into woo boost and then i was like right if anybody even dares say shit about woo boost i'll fight you all so yeah exactly <laughs> exactly
2: <laughs> russ
1: goes like your guys is like fucking king from from that sound you know that brought it over here and it's like you can't say exactly shit motherfuckers right. he's one of you <laughs>
0: But I suppose going off of that uh, when did you know that you really wanted to turn music into a career then because it sounds like you were doing the band thing from quite early on so did you do the band thing before you did the electronic thing
1: I mean the band thing never even went anywhere it was more of just like you know fucking around with some friends in a garage but uh, yeah. it was yeah. it was 2000 and I went to my first rave you know we actually had raves back then where you fucking call the number on a poster if you show up and every all the security is like ex-felons and you know they'll take your shit and sell it back to you like all that thing you know what I mean that's that's fucked bro yeah yeah it was just that like the whole real rave culture I remember the first time I went and uh, you know I was just blown away because I had heard dubstep for the first time and there was nobody in that room You know what I mean? And it was, to me, it sounded like the punk rock of electronic music. Everything else was, like, happy hardcore and, you know, crazy electro, and I didn't like that shit yet. And, um, so that was my introduction, and then I was just, like, living in the dorms in college, and I was just smoking weed and playing video games, and I was like, well, fuck, (laughs) I bet I could learn how to DJ. So I kind of taught myself from there, and then, like, you know, played every shitty college house party I could, got fucking arrested, got kicked out, got <laughs> I got into a fight one time just because I was playing like dubstep, and everyone wanted to hear. Oh shit! Everyone wanted to hear like Lil Jon and like Nelly, or you know whatever was cool back then.
0: And were you playing like deep? You were obviously playing the deeper shit as well.
1: I think at this time, I mean, this was still, you know, this was like when Dat Sick and Excision were just coming out and making a, a big name. Old yeah. Liquid, Stranger, yeah. Downlink, fucking Subvert, you know, all these names from like Rotten yeah. Recordings. So I was playing a lot of that shit and uh and these kids wanted Lil Jon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, it was fucking funny
0: and it's fucking crazy, isn't it, man? I've done, I've done similar things. Where I've played shows and like you get this person come up, look, can you play and they've got on their phone like some fucking pop record and I'm like, "You do realize this is like a bass show, like yeah, yeah, I'm not yeah. going to play, I'm not going to play fucking Neo or fucking whatever you want me to play <laughs> right now." Like, I'm really sorry. Well, it's the classic DJs don't take requests like I've had to bring that into play many times, which I imagine you have as well.
1: Oh, yeah. And it was even worse at house parties because there's no, you know, I'm playing on like a fucking 4x12 bass cabinet that has like two tweeters, you know, like my little fucking Vestax controller and my laptop. remember some dude spilled like a beer on my laptop, fried the whole thing. I mean, it was fucking, it was awesome times. Like, I love that I did it. But of course. it was just out of control. I can't believe I had the balls to just, like, go. It was just still 20 years old, just getting drunk. Like, fuck you guys, I'm going to play this shit. Exactly. You still had that punk rock
0: in you, do you know what I mean? Like, fuck everybody else. I'm doing what I want to do.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's gotten me this far. You know, I can still make music that sounds like it's from 2010 <laughs> and play and shows. Dude, and, and, dude, if there's anybody who's doing it fucking it right, it's yourself. <laughs> so fucking
0: respect, respect, you know, like... Thanks. I think I think a lot of people from the UK will agree with me when we say it was really nice when people like yourself sort of come back out. Well, I say it came out, and it was like, oh shit! Like these kids are because don't get me wrong, the UK sound has always been alive, and it's never been anywhere. But obviously, like America, went a lot heavier with the sound, which that's no sort of shade at anyone. That's just generally what happened, and I think right. everybody who know, like, could agree with it. But when we had guys like yourself coming through, it was like. So fucking nice to see, like, these kids know, man. These kids, like... And I'm not saying that nobody ever disrespected the UK sound, but it was nice to be like, these guys are really shining that light in America with the fucking... Because it wasn't even the deeper sound. It really, you guys were pushing that proper fucking Rusko fucking... you know what I mean? Yeah, like, just really that wonky bent...
1: wonky shit. Lots, exactly, of, lots of dub elements, you know? Yeah. Uh, all, the, yeah. all the OG exactly. shit. And uh, it's cool because, like, when I started producing, you know... When you I'm sure you did too, you're like, fuck, I'm trying to sound like this, I'm trying to sound like that. And once I just realized that that was my favorite sound, you know, Brown and Gammon and Old Rusco and fucking
2: yeah, yeah.
1: Gonja White Knight, Sonics, Dr. P, all these all these fucking legends. I was of like, course, you know man, what? I can I can take this and kind of make it into my own thing. And then there's a whole generation of kids behind us now that don't know it because they were fucking 10 years old when we were listening to circus volume one
0: it's crazy and it's to think bro that like for some reason in my head i never really grew up so i'm i still see myself as (laughs) like one of the younger one of the younger dudes in the scene and then when i actually take a step back i'm like man i'm about four generations later than (laughs) i think i am right now like it's fucking crazy but like you know i'm i'm quite lucky to have sort of come through when i did and and do Ameri- and start America when I did. So I was always One yeah, of the OGs, man. Well, like no, I hate to think that, but you know, a lot of people, luckily for myself, do think that and it helps me a lot. Like I wouldn't say it necessarily helps me, like, oh I'm making fucking money from it and stuff, but it just helps me to be able to for people to just be like, okay, that dude's been around. He you knows, you know. I'm not just trying to fucking ride any wave. I'm just fucking still just old and trying to keep the music fucking yeah but know, i'm sure i mean we,
1: we touched on a little bit but I, I imagine you might have caught a little flack back in the day for come you know the earlier you know quote unquote rhythm sounds i fuck i still yeah, hate yeah. that fucking term but oh, uh tell me about it but uh, you know coming <laughs> over here to play music i'm sure you caught shade from some of the deep heads where you're at and but you were one of the first of people to kind of pioneer and just be like hey you know what? i'm gonna fucking do it a because it's money and B because I fucking love it. So why not? exactly, man. I mean, like you,
0: you ask any kid in England, and, like the, it, the dream is to tour America. Like that yeah. is the dream. Whether you do, it, whether you do it with a band or whether you do it as a DJ or whatever you do it, the dream is to just do that. So, as much as I was getting little bits of flack, to be honest, no, never anything too crazy. But I was just like, I'm a kid from like the middle of England in a city that no one really knows. Like, I'm fucking proud of myself. Do you know what I mean? Like, I was, I Fuck was, riding yeah, dude, that you should be. That's like... crazy.
1: That's so cool. I love hearing all the stories of, you know, I, I, yeah, I'm, I, I know that I'm lucky. I know my country's fucking in shambles right now, but the fact that I got to grow up here and it's so much more accessible for me to, I feel like, get to where I was. I didn't have to move, you know, like, Chi from South Africa. All the guys from from England yeah. that have come over, you know, the Gonja White Knight guys from Belgium, you know, I was kind of already positioned in just a little bit easier. Fucking Zeke Beats from New Zealand. You know what I mean? This is crazy to have all exactly, these friends. Um, exactly, it inspires bro. me to see all these guys, and yourself included, do this shit. So tight. Cheers, brother. It's it's really nice, though. I, I've said this many
0: times to people in, in previous interviews and stuff I've done myself, like... How crazy is it to think purely just from us sitting at our computer in our bedroom making, like, <laughs> farted robot sounds through synthesizers? We've now got friends in, like, every corner of the fucking globe. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, I mean, I was, th- th- it.
1: Honestly, it was just this last week. I was just having a little reflection moment of just being excited and, like, you know, you feel proud of yourself. You're like, holy shit. Like, without music, I wouldn't know you. I wouldn't know some of my best friends I have now. Like, it's just... I love the music, but the people that I've met around it are that is immeasurable to me a hundred percent dude totally agree.
0: Like, you know, some of the memories I've got, some of the some of the people I've met I, I totally agree with what you said. like, that, like you said, the music is awesome. The music's amazing. It's it is technically the driving sure. force behind it all. But all those little thing, the little branches that come off that original sort of thing, are just it's so fucking worth it, man. It really is. It's worth the sleepless nights. It's worth the shitty hangovers. <laughs> it's worth fucking everything. Is. Fuck, it is. And now really I'm missing is. it. Fucking a. <laughs> oh, dude, tell me about it. But again, if we if we were to loop back around to so you decided fuck it, I'm gonna try become a DJ. You, you were playing the house part as you, st- uh, stuff like that, you know, getting booed <laughs> off stage for not playing little John, but we will go there. <laughs> but um, so did the production come along with it? Were you, did, when you said you were going to learn to DJ, did you say like, right, I'm going to try and make some electronic no, music?
1: No, well? it was strictly just DJing for a while. You know, I, I turned out to be fairly decent at it, at least from where, from where I live, you know, we had a pretty small scene and, uh, And at the same time, I had just got a job as a stagehand at our local concert venue. And the college I was going to didn't have a full uh, music recording program or anything close to electronic. Um, And so I just said, fuck it. And I quit school because I took the recording classes I could. I thought I wanted to be a studio engineer. Um, Ended up working at this concert venue for six, seven years and worked my way up. I was running monitors I did fucking front of house. I was production manager and then I went on tour with a band called Blue October. It's like did a big October, alt rock band. Did they do
0: a really big cover song?
1: Um, they don't have a big cover song. They have a couple big songs from like the mid two thousands that you would've recognized.
0: Yeah, I'll remember I'll recognise the name, definitely. Like again in my in like the sort of watching M T V two and stuff of being in that sort of Yeah, scene.
1: exactly. I it's probably like Into the Ocean, Hate Me, you know, there's there's a couple tunes that you definitely recognize, but toured with them, and then I was working on my productions all on the side, and you know, working with them and seeing Justin, the lead singer. We were actually in England on a tour. Um, I think we were at... Oh, fuck. I don't remember where exactly. We did Germany and the UK for, like, two weeks. And uh, it was just... I watched him on stage. I'd done over 200 shows with these guys, and I just thought to myself, I was like, I think I can do that. Like, I want to be... You know, the guy on the stage. I'm really good with tech work. I'm amazing in the production world in terms of, you know, on the back end, you know, audio, video, all that shit. But it just wasn't fulfilling. And so I quit touring with them and I got a local audio gig here at a nightclub just for the weekend so I could focus on music. And this was 2016 or 17 where I really put all my focus into it. And uh, yeah, and then... Fucking 2018 in January, I got an email from my agent out of the blue, you know, after talking with Dirt Monkey for a little bit, and fucking rest is history. That's fucking awesome,
0: dude. So so do you remember the first Subductor song? The first song that you finished and it was labeled as a Subductor song?
1: Oh, man. I mean, I I had taken on that name about 10 years ago now because I was literally working in a venue repairing subwoofers. You know, for blown oh, out sick. speakers.
0: So that's where, that's where the name comes that, from. Then
1: <laughs> that's where it came from. Yeah, and I was like, I think that's kind of clever. <laughs>
0: and, yeah, that's sick. Especially in the in the sort of world that you went into, the bass world. Like, you know, it makes a lot it makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, yeah. It just it made sense at the time, and so I kind of always put stuff out as that. But as far as the first release with my name on it, like first song I finished, is that what you mean?
0: Yeah. So like my like. The, the reason I asked this question is I remember the first song I finished and I thought it was the fucking banger of all bangers, bro. And now I look back and it was so bad. Like, so it was called Yellow Dub Marine. That's how sick I fucking was, bro. <laughs> Yellow Dub Marine. <laughs> oh, so my like, God. I, 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 it was made on Reason 4 back in like 2007, maybe. And I, I, I wish I still had it, bro. I really do. So, like, this, that's the reason I'm asking people this question because. I know that when you first finish, when you finish that first song, you feel so accomplished, but then obviously... Oh, my God, get, it was so sick. You get years of, like, production and sort of experience, then you look back and you're like, oh, wow, that that was shit, do you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I've been through so many computers since my first song, unfortunately, you know, just shit happens. And I made it with a friend of mine, and I, I remember last year asking him, I was like, do you have that track from, like... 2012, or whatever it was, our first one that we put together. I remember what it sounds like, but I want, I wish I had it. I oh, think it's God. just gone in the annals of time. But. I think mine was literally just a kick and a snare. And I was
0: so happy that I'd made Maelstrom just literally go like, wop, 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 wop. and it just did that for about five <laughs> minutes. Like, with like the tiniest. And I was just like, I am basically fucking scream. Like, I am the shit.
1: Yeah. And they're like, <laughs> I do remember the first time I learned how to like, you know, obviously that style of dubstep, the LFOs and like the the wobbles is what got me. I remember the first time I made that in Massive with like, you know, uh, just a frequency cutoff. And I was like, this is the sickest song sound I've ever heard, you know, and I, I still I still think it is, dude, if you just take a square wave and automate the cutoff. I still think that's the coolest fucking sound in the world. I tell
0: I tell every <laughs> every kid the same thing. Like if I'm ever doing a talk or I'm doing like a one-to-one or whatever, those four basic shapes are the greatest things ever, especially the square wave. The square wave is, you know, again, coming back around to the, the genre I thought I hated when I was a Grebo, groim square waves are just gliding square waves are like sex to me. It's like, oh, it's just. And like, I think that's, it's nice to hear somebody else like yourself say that like, you know, it's something, a lot of people forget that the simplicity is so nice sometimes.
1: Yeah. And you know, we all get caught up in it too. You know, I, I I'll i try to over, overproduce a song to the point where A, it sounds like shit, B, it doesn't sound like me and C, I hate it yeah. because I've tried to overdo it. So, but it's hard because there's so much, there's so many talented people in in our scene specifically, that you hear what they make, and you're like, "How the holy fucking hell did you make that noise?" <laughs> totally. And you know, you you try and go through it, and then it just it fucks me up. So I try to stay what I know and build on top of what I know instead of trying to. I tell you what, right now, anybody listening to this, that's some of the best advice you could ever get
0: from fucking. Preston right there like (laughs) don't try and be somebody else I suppose because it's so easy to try and be like oh they're sick I'm gonna try and mimic that and then you end up doing exactly what you said and you don't sound like yourself anymore which is it's just it's one thing I I like to think about Pogman music there's been a lot you know I've been around for fucking 700 years at this point I'm like a fucking dinosaur but like (laughs) there's been a lot of there's been a lot of like sort of changes and stuff but I like to think that the flow and the sort of vibe of Pogman is always, that's the thing I've tried to keep throughout my music.
1: So, oh, like, yeah, I love your tunes, dude. I remember DJing them. I can't remember the song names, obviously, but it must have been 2012, 13, 14, you know, those years where I was strictly yeah. DJing at clubs as an opener and just like hearing this shit. And it was, it goes back to like that old, you know, quote unquote rhythm sound. I think we called it like Swamp back then or some shit. Yeah. And it was yeah. like, it just like, like the, requake, the original wonky bad shit, bad clat, yeah. fucking pogman, exactly like Solomon, fifty carat, like that sort of just ultra simplistic, like because at the first that was the first time any of us had ever heard that. We're like, what the fuck is this? You know? So your tunes have always been fire. Thank
0: you very much, bro. I appreciate that. One of my favorite things about that old sound is like when I'd go on YouTube and it'd be like how to make a requake bass or how to make a pogman bass, it'd be like this forty-five <laughs> minute video, and I'd be like, I would literally comment just be like. It's just low cutoff and high resonance. That is literally <laughs> it. Like, stop stop with these fucking 30, 40 minute videos. It's literally yeah. a low cutoff with a high resonance and it just sounds like a dripping, horrible, wonky sound. Like, that is it.
1: I remember watching those videos too. Yeah? That was definitely, and, I, and then it sounded like shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I can't even and make I, this tutorial bass sound good. I fucking suck
0: dude i still i still do that to this day i literally copy like if i'm watching a tutorial to figure out how to make something i'll copy it to a fucking t and be like why does mine sound like complete shit
1: and yeah, he sounds like, like it you insane.
0: know <laughs> it's just fucking. i do hard. that oh,
1: now with like hand. the drum and bass stuff you know like I'm I'm writing more drum and bass. I've always loved drum and bass, especially the darker, you know, tech step and neurofunk. But it's so hard, and you have to be such a good producer that it wasn't until eight years later I feel like I can kind of dip my toe in the water. So, yeah, I'll be watching, like, a Cohen Sound tutorial or just fucking anybody, and you're like, yeah, I'm still... I still don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, I think <laughs> I
0: think when it comes to the likes of Cohen Sound and the noisier dudes and all those, like... You know, um... fucking Matthews. Yes, yeah, know, exactly, <laughs> bro. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, they're doing exactly the same. Like, I'm doing exactly what they're doing on the tutorial, but us—they must have the magic touch or something, bro, because it's just fucking insane.
1: I I chalk it up to me being American so nah, i don't know what, man, i don't nah. know what your excuse is but that's what i chalk mine up to. yeah you
0: you, you can't use that excuse because then me saying i'm from the uk that's like the shittest excuse like, <laughs> like, well, you should be good at drum and bass you yeah, should yeah.
1: be able to make drum and bass i thought you were born with like logic like stamped into your arm or something you know, pretty much sl- that like that's what a sequencer the things, like, tattoo
0: <laughs> pretty much i think when when they sign your birth certificate you get like a free edition of like timeless by goldie or some shit like <laughs> yeah. you know like it's like drum and bass is like in our blood. Like whether you want to, whether you enjoy it or whether you don't enjoy it, like you can't get away from it. Oh yeah, you day. got like
1: almond breaks in your fucking uh in your yeah. cornflakes in the morning. Exactly.
0: And shit. When you pour when you pour your cereal out, it like makes a fucking almond break has fucking do-tack, <laughs> do-tack, do-tack, do-tack. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell. But if we uh, talk it again of like obviously all this crazy production stuff and synths and stuff, like another thing that I wanted to ask a lot of you guys is. uh what what's obviously what door are you using, and uh, is there any sort of plugin that you could not live without? Like, is there a, is there a go-to for Sub-Doctor? Uh,
1: first of all, I thought you said door at first, but then I realized you're saying daw. <laughs> oh god! There's
0: there's um, the there's the accent coming through the door, oh, man.
2: Oh, there's
0: two there's two holes. Oh no, actually the reason no the reason no two O's. I'm, I'm fucking contradicting myself. It's D I W for fuck's
1: sake. <laughs> um,
0: okay, Preston. Preston
1: wins this one. The fuck right. <laughs> I had to. I saw the door open and I had to go through it
0: um i could no, get real deep now a be like
1: that's why it's called a door because it opens
0: you to the world of creation okay oh everybody. see
1: there we go see now we're on to something it starts with the roast but now we're getting philosophical with the roast exactly dude exactly
0: <laughs> right. sorry dude i keep fucking cutting you off so which now i'm gonna try dar. which dar are you using then <laughs> Preston
1: um i'm in ableton uh okay. been in ableton fucking i tried fl uh a, a decade ago it just didn't flow with me and ableton was the hardest most bullshit program i've ever used but now that i know it <laughs> it's just what i yeah. use
0: definitely like i've always said i'm a I'm a logic user myself but i've always said if there was if i was ever to switch it would be to ableton because i've worked with a lot of people who work at ableton and i've been in like studios where we've made tracks on ableton and it's just such a like, like you said when you know it it's the superior program i, I think but I'm just, I've been, I'm 10 years deep into logic. So it's like, what's the
1: point? Yeah. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, it doesn't matter if it's a Ferrari or a Lamborghini, they're all going to fucking get you there hella fast (laughs) or whatever. (laughs) Exactly, bro. Exactly. So, um, So as far as
0: plugins, is there a
1: a Oh, man. I don't know. I mean, I I use a lot of plugins mostly for, for mixed stuff. I would probably go with Pro MB. The Fab Filter Pro MB. It's just a multi-band compressor. Okay.
0: I mean I, I love could, multi-band compressor. It's could one of my say, favorite things.
1: Yeah, it's it works so good. Or uh fucking Golfos, which is a uh oh, I've pro, done a, I'm not i not a, used this one. It's a plug-in that I found actually from uh Buquez um was talking about it on his Twitter. Oh shit. Sure.
2: Okay.
1: Yeah, it's just a, it's like an AI um uh, predictive EQ sort of thing that you can put on groups and your master. It really helps clean up my mixes, and I don't have to work as hard. So, <laughs> oh, that 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 is literally the key to production, if you ask me. That's why yeah. I like I love. I'm a big fan of the glue
0: compressor in Waves, like because mm-hmm. it just fixes stuff without me actually having to fix it.
1: Like, yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, I use like I said a lot of post processing plugins. I mean, I I use Serum. You know, I'm using Vital now, which is that really fun new synth that just came out.
0: Uh, I've not actually tried it. Yeah, I've got, I've downloaded it on the laptop, and uh, I've not used it yet, but I've heard some very good things about it. To be honest,
1: it's cool. I just, I like the built-in sampler that runs uh, parallel. You know, with the uh, with the oscillators, so you can make, you can just throw in some really weird sounds into that sampler. You know, it's like having a like four different sounds in one. I like it. It's it's and oh, it's super cool. super fucking intuitive, man. It's like the best parts of Massive Serum and Phase Plant like dumbed down for us that aren't the super nerds that we think we are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and can make it really really fun. I remember the first time I got on Massive, I was like this sucks, dude. I'm just going to go to fucking <laughs> Modern Talking, you know, and that's it. <laughs> Bro, I do it I'll do it all the time like I'll be sitting here and I'll
0: be like be really deep into a tune and then i'll get to the point where i've like over processed and it sounds like shit and i'm like this isn't even fucking fun anymore like yeah. what the fuck and then like, that's when i that's when i end up going back to what we said earlier and i'll be like stop fucking overthinking it just make a pogman
1: song like and it'll yep. just
0: happen yep but like i do need to definitely the best thing about virtually is fucking free as well isn't it
1: yeah yeah i think i have like the five dollar subscription thing like five bucks per month but, like, between mm-hmm. that and, like, I pay for the 10. It's, like, 10 or 15 for the kilohertz plugins. Oh, yeah, all the phase plant stuff. And yeah, that. phase plant and all the post-processing dynamic stuff. Yeah. Um, it's, like, for 15 bucks a month, I have, like, all these powerful tools. You know what I mean? It's, cra- it's crazy what we're accessible to now versus even 10 years ago. I can't even imagine trying to make, like, Jungle, like, 20 years ago. And oh like... dude tell
0: me it. when you actually had
1: to use like a
0: fucking atari and like actually sample <laughs> shit and stuff like what i remember like one of my one of my all-time favorite songs is warhead by dj crust okay which is yeah and like we were really lucky when i was at music like college years ago uh he came and did a talk for us which i was fucking over the moon like a lot of the kids in the class were like grime kids and hip hop kids and stuff and I had no idea who the fuck DJ Crust was. I was like, this is fucking DJ cross man. Like he's a DMB legend. Like he was in, he was in fucking, you know, he was in uh represents with fucking Ronnie Sides for fuck's sake. He's like, you know, this is royalty.
2: And he was telling us
0: that he made he made Warhead, which uh if you're not familiar anybody, I'll put a link in the thing. But it's the it's the yeah, classic song, song that's just literally like it's not you mate, you'll know it. It's the one that's just boom, 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 boom. boom.
2: Oh, boom, yeah, okay.
0: Boom, boom, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like Alva and Alva. Yeah, like the fucking classic. And he made it from... He just touched... You know when you touch the end of like a orcs chord and it makes the hum? Oh, yeah. Yeah, like he heard that and he was like, oh, shit, I, and like he turned... That's the bass line. Like he fucking processed what? it into a fucking like some old... Yeah, and he made the great... One of the greatest drum bass songs ever
1: made. See, I love that. You know, you watch tutorials or, or you know, read up on some of your favorite producers or whatever and like... Yeah, I just took like this this cap for my water bottle and I hit, hit my table and then I EQ'd it and it got brought. You're like Jesus, fuck. Yeah, <laughs> and, and like, and like you said, and
0: then we're and then we're there four hours later, pissed off at massive just not doing what we wanted to
1: do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's fucking insane. We beat oh, ourselves dude. up. We we exactly we put ourselves through the ringer, and it's good because you do learn shit along the way. But also, I look back on stuff. I'm like, dude, why did I? You know, why did I do that to myself? You know, oh, yeah, finding find that balance of am I learning or am I punishing myself?
0: 100%. I've been there, fucking. You know, we're both very deep into our careers, and like you said, it's a great journey. It really is because to me, it's literally just a journey of learning from your mistakes. Like, that is the but, but that we could get philosophical that that's just life in general. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But, like, fucking. Art and music and that is exactly that. Twiddle louder knobs if it sounds good. Fucking stick with it.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. At the, at the end of the day, if it's if it sounds good to you, then it's good. You know. Yeah. One thing I will always, which I do
0: say to a lot of people, is always trust your ear as well. Because yeah. there's a lot, a, a lot of stuffs visual. A lot of stuffs really visual nowadays. And people think they have to trust the visual when really you should really trust your ears over the visual. I think because. We're really, we're very lucky now guys of all these spectral analyzers of fucking everything so you can see exactly where your song's hitting and when really, like you said, bro, if it sounds good, it fucking sounds good. End of. Well,
1: and that's why I have this, I have this like battle going on with the loudness wars. You know, I always have. Um, and especially because people have gotten so scientific with it where you're like all right well my tune's gonna follow the Fletcher Munson curve and my LUFS has to be minus two and my spectra analyzer you know it's like when they watch the Skrillex uh video when he came out with that song last year and he had like the Mm -hmm. scrolling project and everyone dissected it like all right well you should have it you know a cut at 300 hertz and only have high end and low end and that's how you get that punch and it's like yeah, he makes it sound good. You're probably not going to do that because exactly. that sounds good to him. I use a sub pack and two atoms monitors, and I'll you look at a spectral analyzer at the end of the song. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. you go by feel. You go by how it sounds. If it's too loud and it's distorting and it doesn't sound good like that, don't force it to sound like that. Totally, it doesn't bro. need to be louder than God. Well, the amount of times we got we got taught
0: in music school about like the color- correlation meters and stuff, like how it technically should be in the middle. Holy fuck, every song I've ever made is so far right into the fucking yeah. correlation meter. Like <laughs> But I'm I'm the same as you. Like I look at that shit at the end and if it sounds good but it doesn't look correct, I suppose. Fuck it. Sounds
1: good. Who cares? I still think I had like I had to unlearn a lot of stuff though, because I took some recording classes for studio engineering and then working in live music for so long, it is such a different world than producing music. How, you know, when it comes to microphones and gain staging and panning and because it's for a live environment, you know, it's so different. So I had to unlearn a lot of stuff that I was taught was the right way to do things, you know, in order to break through those mental barriers of like, oh, I can't do this, that's not right. And then you watch tutorial and it's like, yeah, my snare's at plus 30. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. I just don't know what I'm doing. I
0: <laughs> Dude, tell, one thing I always tell people is like, and it's very cliche, but it's so true. Like, art is fucking subjective, man. And it's like, there's no rules in art. Like, when you start boxing yourself into all these rules, you're never going to... I'm not saying that everybody out there is trying to be the next fucking, like, game-changing fucking pioneer of something. But you never... If you stick yourself in a box with all these rules, like... Look at iFixit. Do you think fucking Richard James ever followed any fucking rules? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, fucking Amon Tobin <laughs> or like exactly, yeah, guys yeah, like, like uh, So like uh, again, be good voice for anybody, man. Like fuck rules. Like obviously, there's some big rules. Like they'll just whack everything into the red and make it sound like fart. But again, there's people who fucking like that music, so I can't really say yeah. shit to be honest. There's people.
1: I think for me, it's more of it's it's good to know the rules so that you can break them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, or at least have an understanding of certain concepts within audio and within, you know... That's a the, very
0: good way to put it. That That is a very the, the, good the, way. The
1: stereo world that we live in, you know, because we're not mixing 5.1. We're not in a fucking movie studio. But it's important to yeah. learn those rules so that you know why you're breaking them. And you understand, you know, you, you have a better understanding of it. Because anyone that's... You know, it's 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 touch and go, but that's how I feel about it. That's how I go
0: about it. That's a really good way. Like I've never thought about it like that, but that is a really good way to think about it. Like I suppose to know that you're breaking the rules, you've got to understand the rules in the first place. I suppose, which is actually makes a lot of sense. So
1: yeah, it's like, yeah. Do you, did you flip something out of phase? Okay, why did you flip it out of phase? Do you know that it's out of phase? You know, before you did that, or are you just doing it to do it? And then you can never recreate it because you don't know why you did something so that you don't know how to do it again in the future.
0: That's why I think reverse engineering is sometimes quite cool to do because you can, oh, figure, all out, day. You can figure out why stuff sounds the way it does. And I, a lot of the time, if I get a new synth or like, I'll be doing it a lot in serum at the moment. He's like... Just slow, just literally close my eyes with my headphones on, slowly just turn something and really take note of what it's actually doing to the sound. Like, of course the sound is changing, but how is it changing and yeah, what's it adding to it or what's it taking away and stuff like... I think, like, understanding that sort of stuff, again, probably loops back into what you were saying about understanding the rules and how you're
1: breaking them or how you're staying in the, the sort of
0: confines of the rules, I suppose, but...
1: Yeah, I mean, shit, when it comes to serum, I probably have, I'm not kidding, 15,000 presets that I've just collected over the years. I've had it for like six years, but it's just, it's that thing where like, okay, I like this sound, and then you reverse engineer it, and then you save your own patch or your own version of it. I am not a purist by heart. I will use the fuck out of samples, you know, I'll reverse, reverse engineer stuff just so it doesn't sound the same, but it sounds like, you know, it sounds good to me. I think that's really important, too, especially if there's any, like, new producers listening. Don't be scared to do that. I'm not saying grab a whole baseline off Splice and using that as your main, yeah. you know what I mean? But I'll chop the fuck out of stuff, and you know what I mean? Just experiment with it. You don't have to, you know.
0: I'm so glad you said that, though, bro, because there is a very big elitist attitude against that sort of stuff.
1: Oh, dude, especially especially in the drum and bass world, every every guy that I look up to is like, yeah, I synthesize every sound in my tracks, all two hundred sounds I made from scratch. <laughs> You're like, I'm not like you, yeah. but <laughs> there is there is an elitist attitude for sure, and it's kind of a don't talk, don't tell yeah, mentality yeah. because so all of my friends do it. All of our friends fucking do it. Of course. But you, you do, it's an ego thing of like, you don't want to be looked down upon because you use. You know what I mean? It's it's such a weird stigma. And it's even worse for like kids who are just
0: starting because they are probably really worried about it. But but the word the thing that fucks me off is like, there's people out there who will openly be like, oh, did you see that so-and-so just used that thing from that virtual riot pack from Splice? And it's like, well, that's what it's fucking there for. It's there to be used. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah stop shitting on people but you i don't know whether you would have remembered the vengeance days the vengeance sample pack days like oh i do i remember yeah yeah like i remember that oh this guy's used fucking vengeance kick
1: 006 like four times like, <laughs> who fucking cares man like,
0: somebody people, just like, brought
1: that up on twitter the other day um, oh, did they- i can't remember who. do you remember seeing that where someone was talking about nah. like calling people out on their sample usage and you're like cool you went through the same splice pack i did that's Really cool. Good for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just calling people out. It's Within just stupid. The flip, the flip side to that, though, the, is the problem where people are selling pre-made songs online. Oh, not fuck even that, ghost, yeah. Not even ghost production, but they'll sell you the template for a song, you know. This happened on Subcarbon. I hate that
0: shit. I hate that shit, man.
1: This happened on Subcarbon, you know, Ganja White Knight's label. Yeah, where yeah, of course, yeah. It happened twice in the last year, and this is not on them. You know, there's so many factors to it. They hear a cool song, they put it out. That's what a label does. But it came back to him that this person, these two guys, had bought the song off a website, changed nothing, and then sold it off as their own and so that's the shit that fucks me off. It's like you're not even trying yeah. to be creative, you just want to be cool to be cool like
2: yeah so- i'm- aga-
0: I'm kind of against that shit like, cause 'cause uh, I'm a lot extremely of the time, I'm like, against it, <laughs> yeah, like it's kind of just like come on, man, like, of course, samples are out there and presets are out there to be used, but at least do fucking something, <laughs> you
1: know what I mean? Well, yeah, like, and it's like, it, I I bounce ideas off of friends. I have people help me with mixdowns. Like, I'm not afraid. I do the work myself, but I do ask for help. And of course. I, it seems to be like with how popular EDM is right now, these kids want a, a get-rich-quick thing. They want to be in the spotlight, and... Yeah not everyone but it happens every once in a while we're like you're not even doing this for the right reasons to begin with you just want to be cool because you think it's cool they want that they want that 15 minutes of fame but unfortunately
0: like that's just the the world and the entertainment industry in general i think at the moment with the with the with the sort of way that everything's gone but what can we've just got to soldier on and do our thing bro and keep trying to enjoy what we're doing i suppose and
1: Oh, 100%. I mean, I fucking rarely even listen to new bass music these days. I listen to, like, I listen, like I said earlier, punk rock, some old school hip-hop, fucking jazz in the mornings, and then, like, drum and bass when I want to, like, get shit going. I don't listen to dubstep. I don't listen to new dubstep anymore unless it's, like, from my promo inbox for two reasons. One, I don't want to get influenced subconsciously to do something that I wouldn't want to do, Mm -hmm. which has happened in the past. And B, it's just to be out of sight, out of mind, and then I don't have to think about what the hottest shit is right now, and you know, try to follow that. It's I still just do what I do. Of course, and that like that's uh, that's the best thing to do, really. And I totally
0: agree with that. And this really again goes to exactly another thing I really wanted to ask a lot of people who are coming on the show is outside of you just really like hit on it there outside of the genre you produce so what's your sort of go-to music i know you just said like obviously jazz and drum and bass and so it sounds like you've got certain times of the day as well that you like to you like to listen to certain different things
1: yeah i have a pretty intense routine uh in the morning just you know because being self-employed as we are especially in the in the artistic world if i don't give myself a disciplined schedule of some sort then i fall apart you know what i mean I'm not working a whole lot on music the last year anyways. I mean, I'm, I've i only made a handful of tracks. I have a shit ton started, but yeah. it's been h- really hard for me. You know, we've talked about a little bit on Twitter of just trying to find that vibe. But so my morning, you know, I'll wake up and I read. I don't look at my phone for the first hour of every day. That's kind of like that's sick. That's cool. that's very important to me. So I'll wake up and read. I'll listen to jazz. And then I'll hop in the shower, and I, I listen to a shit ton of podcasts. I listen to mostly podcasts. Yeah, I'm,
0: I'm very podcasting nowadays. Uh, hence, uh, the uh, get to know with pogman So Hey, there we go. <laughs> exactly, plugging my own podcast on my podcast. There we go.
1: Yeah, there we go. So, yeah, you know, it's whatever I'm feeling different times of the day, but it just never ends up being dubstep unless it's from 12 years ago. I totally, <laughs> I I totally agree.
0: I think a big thing for me is, like, unless it's very sort of deep and... I'm not gonna say well made because a lot of a lot of dubstep's well made, but like, unless to me heavy dubstep, it's not listening music. It's it's music you have yeah. to experience at a show or at a festival. Like, I'm not gonna sit there and listen to the a song that's designed to quotation marks rip my face off. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm gonna sit there and listen to something that I can vibe to. Like, give me Bend some your give...
1: fucking head, bitch. You're just it's, at your desk. Like,
2: like yeah, like, oh. uh, like
0: it's just. You know, and no, no, no fucking shade at anybody for making that stuff. I mean, we all make heavy shit to play at shows because we know the energy is there. But. Right. Give me fucking, give me fucking Burial's Untrue album any day of the yeah. week to listen to in the house. Yeah, you know I'll listen I mean? to like
1: six hours of lofa or something.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That That's like. And I totally agree with you. Like, a big one for me is Liquid Drum and Bass. So I could listen to Liquid Drum and Bass forever. Like, yeah. It's just beautiful So music. easy. It's, well, yeah, I, it's just. Oh, so easy to it's get lost great. in
1: whatever task you're doing. I agree. So, but yeah, that's that's basically what I do for for when I'm not making music, is I listen to podcasts or punk rock or jazz. Well, there you go, guys. Just listen <laughs> to punk rock, everyone. It's the fucking best music in the world. The yeah. is
0: a lot liquid drummers
1: of punk rock, at
0: the world the world will be fine.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it's funny it as well, I was on the Ganja White Night tour last year, and Jansen was on there with me, and he's mm-hmm. uh. God, he's like in his late 30s. And so he was a huge punk rock kid growing up, too. So sick. we would be listening to punk rock. You know, we'd be drunk as fuck on the bus at 4 a.m. <laughs> Everyone else is like sick of our bullshit. We're listening to punk rock. But we kept having these conversations of like, how can we integrate more punk rock into the bass world or, you know, drum and bass? Or sort of. It's hard because it's such a fast music. It would have to be more of a drum yeah. and bass thing. But it's just so different you know i don't like i wouldn't want to smash the two worlds together but it's fun to think about how it could be done dude totally i've been there because me I- i'm
0: actually in a hardcore band with a good friend of mine and we've just uh, nice we were doing the same thing like i was like how can i make like i love hardcore I love dubstep like how can i melt them but then i'm like do I really want to bring those worlds together and make it
1: sound shit? Like, like yeah. You know, like, I've, I mean, there's a lot of people out there that have done the crossovers with metal and stuff. I don't. None of them have really clicked with me because it. They just to me, they're two such separate worlds. Yeah, it doesn't sound right no matter what you do. I think for me, the the only person who
0: ever really did it. Again, not no shade at anyone, and everybody's doing what they're doing. They're doing good jobs of it. But the one I think who really nailed it and did it well was Phase One, and he's one of the only ones I think for me who yeah who really like he just did a track with the dude from Silverstein, I think. Oh well, that's I'll have to go check that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've yeah. not I've not listened to yet, yeah, but I swear I saw that floating around. I hope that's actually like. By the time the podcast comes out, I so hope that's common knowledge and it wasn't just a promo or something I got told because I've just <laughs> ruined ruined phase 1's release now. But like, yeah. I, I swear I saw it on Twitter or some shit though, but like, yeah, man, fucking... I think he's one of the few who did it justice, I suppose.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's just tough. It's tough. I, it's, it is. The, but the idea is cool to think about of like how you could make it work. But then at the end of the day... It's I would rather it stay an idea. It's like, yeah, I don't want to turn I don't want to make a, a no effects remix. You know, I agree. That's just, I agree. <laughs>
0: that's I've always I've up. always been a big believer and I've said this to a lot of people. Um I refuse to remix songs that I think are already perfect. That's a rule oh, of mine. 100
1: percent dude. 100%. That is a rule of mine
0: that I've always stuck by. So like for me to go and even try and meld this world that I'm so in love with, this hard, you know, this hardcore world, like I feel like I'd be disrespecting it to a certain point if I tried to do it. So, like, I just. Stay I'm the, I'm the same
1: again. way. It's like I see, other than Urban Dawn's "Come Together" remix, any time because he hired a. Have you heard that song? Do you know who Urban Dawn is? I think he's a dude from the UK. Makes, no, no. Makes drum and bass. Yeah, I'll send you the tune after we're done with this. But he had hired a band to cover "Come Together" that he turned into a remix, and it's the only we're talking time about heard. "Come Together." The Beatles. Oh, the Beatles song, sorry, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the Beatles song.
0: Oh, shit, so he hired an actual band to do it.
1: Yeah, to to cover the song so that he could remix it. I'll send it to you, it's amazing, but that's the only time I've heard something like that done properly. You know, I'm the same way. I don't like when you take a song that didn't need to be fucked with and then you fuck it up and put some serum preset over it. (laughs) Oh, fuck tell me about it, bro. Modern modern talking, stride over the top. Oh, well, remember the the, in the trap years, like 2014 to 17, were a lot of shitty, shitty trap remixes of just, totally do. you know, they don't even incorporate the original song. It's like you'll have like the chorus with a buildup and then it's just straight <laughs> into, like you said, like fucking vengeance samples and serum presets. You're like, that doesn't yep. even make, there's no cohesiveness to it. It's fucking it's a shocking thing to do bro <laughs> it's but so ballsy again that's the, yeah it is but
0: but it sells unfortunately so but that's about uh a big thing i wanted to touch on especially with yourself is um and this will probably go hand in hand with what you listen to outside of the genre uh i want to talk about people's hobbies and i know that you're a big downhill mountain bike snowboard so i imagine that must be a soundtrack for this shit that you're listening yeah. to. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, like there must be a there must be a sub doctor. What's in sub doctor's ears when he's fucking going a hundred <laughs> mile an hour down a fucking
1: mountain? Do you know, what you I mean? know what's weird is that um, when I got back into mountain biking because I grew up racing motocross like dirt bikes, and I was pretty fucking good cool. at it. Like, and then I stopped, you know, because life and I had to sell my bikes and all this shit. But when the pandemic hit, I got back into biking. I would always wanted to do downhill biking. And I've just always been kind of like that fucking X Games dude. Just want Hell to be yeah. an asshole and go fast. And uh but I don't listen Dude, we're from we're from the Jackass generation. <laughs> like that's bad life, generally Yeah, and well we started playing Tony Hawk way too early in our lives too.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So
1: no, I just I don't really listen to anything when I bike. It's it's the only time that I can be present, like so present that if I'm not, I'll die. You know what I mean? So it's that actually yeah it's the focus. Thinking about it now. Thinking
0: about it now, I suppose any sort of outside distraction would be bad for something that you've got to be so, like you said, focused on. Yeah, so that
1: works for me. Snowboarding, I'll put some light tunes on. I have, like, a little playlist of all snowboard songs from movies that I watched in high school. You know what I mean? Because it's just nostalgic. But I like actual, like, snowboard parts, like, similar to what skate videos. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, soundtrack from those videos. But a lot of times I don't listen to music while I do that either. I just like the sound of the snow or the trees or you know yeah we're bom- get a bit of night. yeah we're just bombarded by sound a lot and when our job is sound it's like that's why I don't listen to a whole lot of music it's mostly podcasts i you just get overrun with sound and you i feel like you have to control alt delete and reboot <laughs> totally bro totally it's like oh yeah i was i was really
0: into biking myself not downhill or anything i, I was road biking just you know just go for fucking 20 miles and just get that shit done and but I, got, I actually got run over, like, two oh, years ago. I've not had a new bike since because my bike, yeah, my bike just got absolutely fucked, bike from the collision. You got ran but, over? Uh, yeah, like, I was coming down the road and a car pulled out. I mean, like, fucking hit me from the side. Oh, shit. And uh, I dislocated my shoulder. And then the worst thing was, which was, like, a sort of a delayed injury because at first it felt a bit rough, but it got way worse, was I actually tore... My Achilles away from the bone, oh, like it had come off from the bone. God
2: damn. Bro,
0: it was fucking horrible. The only thing that was good from that, and it's weird that I've just mentioned Jackass, is I flew to New York to see my girlfriend for Christmas and I was still in one of those like space boot things. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: You know, I'm yeah, yeah. those. <laughs> and for some, yeah, oh God, I imagine, bro, fucking extreme kids like us <laughs> with all the injuries over the years. But fucking, um, yeah, for some reason, we were walking around, and like my f- my leg was hurting, so I'd said to the missus, like, oh, should we walk back to the car? And just as we just chose to walk back to the car, I just bumped into Steve-O, just what? in the <laughs> middle of fucking New York. And it was just like, yeah, yeah. That's and, like, crazy. You know, I'm, I rarely get starstruck, but this was fucking steve Yeah, of course. And, like, I'm 32. Like, this guy was has been part of my fucking yeah. life.
2: And
0: he had Wendy with him. You know, You know, the dog that he adopted from, like, Peru. Yeah. He had the dog with him, and... How cool. Yeah, we had a little chat, and, like, he let me have a photo. It was fucking sick. So, like, yeah, that was the only positive of me getting run over, the sort of domino effect of me getting to meet Steve-O in New York from getting run over.
1: You know, it's a wild, it's like, like uh, coincidence right now just that you said that as I'm starting – I listened to a podcast today with Steve-O in it. It's so fucking weird that you just mentioned that. It's just one, one of those things where I was like, wait, what the fuck? I was like, is he going to yeah, say Steve-O? I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> that's fucking crazy, bro. It's It's,
0: it's – you know, I'm not very – third eye and chakray, but i'm a big believer of that like certain things sort of align and happen for reasons yeah no and i it's, agree it's it's, it's 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 little things like that like oh shit what the fuck like yeah, 30 minutes before, before we thing.
1: were on this podcast i was listening to andrew santino with steve-o that's fucking crazy but uh that's anyways sick. i don't listen to much when i'm riding <laughs> yeah there we go yeah I'll, but, I'll put um, metal so, in the car what? for sure but Oh, fuck. Before I before I ride, I'm just like through the eyes of the dead and like fucking. Oh, what a band, as, bro! You're one of the first people I've
0: heard in ages mention that as band. blood runs fuck.
1: black, fucking all that shit, dude. Yes, bro.
0: Yes, dude. We need to share fucking like playlists because I imagine there's so many. Like we're very similar age yeah. and we must have gone through so many similar fucking eras of music. We'll
1: just have a collaborative playlist. That's oh, speaking of collabs, Bogman yeah I know. I, know. I know we're putting this, this We're putting this late. on air that this guy i
0: was why i was for this to come out i was like shit he's gonna he's gonna mention it and then i've got to fucking finish it but also
1: there's no to be rush, honest dude i i have like i'm looking at 12 collabs on my whiteboard right now that i just can't they're just not in the mood it's so hard to make that party music like exactly we were talking about
0: exactly it's fucking it's a rough one that's why like that's why i've started the podcast that i've been doing a few other little bits that I've restarted the label and just a few other little bits and bobs. But, yeah, music's just really hard. Like, I'll have to send you the playlist of all the music I've been working on. There's not one dubstep song in there. There's about 12 new songs. Sick. and Not one of them is dubstep or or even heavy at all, really. Yeah. I've been making, like... Like you said, I just... there's We can't party, so I don't want to make party music. Like, right, and it's weird <laughs> because, all.
1: like, you know, we make the music for ourselves, especially coming up, and you just want to get better and better... But even then, even when we weren't playing big shows, it was just the idea that like maybe someone will hear this and play it at a show or I can play it at my opening slot. But now that there's like fucking Mm -hmm. nothing, I just have no drive to make or listen to heavy music like that because I mean, we don't there's not really an end goal in sight in terms of what's happening right now. So it's like. Ah fuck! Exactly. Once I start getting shows again, it'll—I know it's gonna motivate the fuck out of me, and I can finish these 13, 14 songs I've started.
0: Yeah, but, yeah. but I'll tell you now, live on the podcast, guys, I will finish the collab, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> but um, okay. So one thing I really wanted to do with a lot of people, as we're gonna start winding down soon, we don't—I uh, don't want to talk forever and bore people to death. But I think we covered a lot of really cool stuff, which is fucking awesome. Yeah, it's been but awesome. I want to do a quick fire round. I'm going to do I'm going to do this with everybody. I'm going to give you 5 seconds per answer and it's literally like that is it it's just 5 questions. I'm just going to bang them out. Might even put some shitty TikTok music behind it when I do the edit, I don't so have do tick I don't it. have
1: TikTok, so I don't know any anything about TikTok. No, no, <laughs> okay. no.
0: I don't, I don't mean that. I
1: mean like a, a, a
0: like a clock ticking away. Oh, I was like, yeah,
1: dude, we're old. I don't do. Th- I did Vine back in the day, but TikTok, it's too. Ah, I don't get it anymore. I'm just old and grumpy. Oh,
0: dude, it's a horrible, <laughs> horrible place. TikTok is. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that I'm actually old enough to not quite understand it. Oh, like, it's, it's great. Fucking... Even I
1: go on Twitter and people are like talking about somebody. Like I have no idea who these people are, and I don't give a fuck. I'm like, I. You guys can complain about whatever you want. I'm gonna go back to fucking
0: <laughs> whatever I was doing. Yeah, I'm gonna go and listen to. I'm gonna go listen to a song from the Yeah, years yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <fuck>
2: yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's do it, dude. It's fucking true, man. But right, here we go. Then we're gonna fan- we're gonna bang them out. So here we go. Three, two, one. Favorite food? Uh, sushi. Favorite movie?
1: Uh, the Harry Potter series.
0: Favorite drink? Uh, ginger ale. Favorite color? black and biggest pet peeve
1: uh people using the word seen when they should use the word saw <laughs> <laughs> now
0: that is a fucking good
1: one <laughs> that fucking drives me insane like i seen that and it happens you know you've toured in the u in the u.s it happens a lot in the midwest yeah yep. and like on the east coast they say yeah i seen him the other day i'm like no you saw him you illiterate Fuck! It drives me insane.
0: <laughs> so there, there you go, guys. When, uh, whenever you're tweeting Subdoctor or you see him, <laughs> make sure to say that you've seen something because it'll fucking drive him crazy. Oh god! But what? A few things. Sushi, I could get down with. I'm not huge on sashimi, but I could get down with sushi definitely. Yeah. Movie. I had a. I had a feeling you were going to mention Harry Potter, as I can see a scarf behind you. Oh yeah, (laughs) is that a Harry Potter scarf? Yeah, I got
1: that for. uh, Which is. I got it for Halloween this year because I did a full like. I've been streaming a lot on Twitch. You know, I do like six to eight hour DJ sets since the fucking pandemic started.
0: Yeah, I love it because. Cause you sit down and it's just fucking. Yeah, hey, I just sit I'm down. down almost, I, I get fucking, fucking hammered.
1: <laughs> I play whatever I want. Like literally, by the end of like six or seven hours, we're playing like Incubus and like fucking Eve Six from the ni- all these Hell '90s yeah. alt shit. I'm just like singing along, hammered as fuck. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. But <laughs> yeah, so for Halloween, I dressed up as Harry Potter because I wear glasses when I don't have my contacts in, and all I have to do is draw a little lightning bolt and I look like him. So, of course. So yeah, that's what the scarf was about. There you go, bro. <laughs> see,
0: for, see Harry Potter, my girlfriend fucking loves it. Like I've never personally been into it. Like for some reason when Harry Potter was around and I was younger, and I don't know why, but in maybe just in my friend circle or something, you were either Harry Potter or you liked Lord of the Rings. Like for some reason that I was, see you talk like, about Lord of the Rings you, a lot, which is another great series. I love Lord of the Rings. Dude, Lord of the Rings is just Oh, I could just watch it forever. It's just the greatest thing. See, ever. I was like a, I was but, such a
1: nerdy fucking kid. Sorry, go ahead. No,
0: no, no, because this obviously explains the Harry Potter. Like, is this why? You, did you read the books? Did you? Yeah, when
1: they came out, I must have been eight or nine years old, maybe maybe nine or ten. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had fucking glasses. I had braces. I was like just this nerdy fucking kid. I never really had. I had friends with the jocks. I had friends with the weirdos. I was never really in a clique. Yeah. So when the books, the books came out, I followed along his books as I was getting older and it became just the whole world was so entrancing to That's me. That's sick.
0: So and you kind of grew up at the same stage of Harry growing up then I imagine.
1: Literally almost like within like a year or two of each other, like growing up, it was just this crazy thing. And so my family's really That's into sick. it. My girlfriend's, my girlfriend's family's I just, the same. I love like, the world.
0: The movies I can handle. Reading,
1: I'm really weird when it comes to reading.
0: I can only read nonfiction. Like, I can't read fiction. I just really struggle to read
1: it. Oh, my yeah. God. I fucking hate reading non. I am reading, like, four different fiction oh, books really? right now. I can't read. I cannot read nonfiction to save my life. See, I'm the, it puts I'm the complete opposite. It's <laughs> like, I don't know whether I'm just, like,
0: just really just what's the word kind of just shit at imagine imagining things like i am that guy and this, this is gonna piss so many people off where i'm like if it was that good they wouldn't have made a film about it i'll just uh, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll just i'll just watch the film i'll just watch the film fuck the book like I, i'm that guy but
1: yeah yeah Well, can we agree on star wars though oh god
0: you're gonna hate me even further now because i'm not a star wars oh fan. really
1: yeah. again really? like that's that actually surprises me Harry Potter, that doesn't surprise really me. You really get along with my girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> she's a huge...
0: She's got an R2-D2 tattoo on her arm. She's a huge Star Wars fan. Oh, she's a sick. huge Harry Potter fan. But one thing I will say is I just watched The Mandalorian and actually really enjoyed it. Both? Did you watch I both, did, both yeah. seasons? Yeah.
1: Cool. Fuck yeah. No spoilers, obviously, even though it's been out for... Two months and anyone listening should have watched it by now. But we won't do that. If
0: somebody like myself is not even a Star Wars fan, fucking watched it, then you fucking Star Wars fans should have watched it by now.
1: <laughs> you know what's cool I've I a lot of friends of mine that were never really into like the original Star Wars lines and all that. Mm-hmm. They watch Mando and they're like, I fucking loved it.
0: They killed it, man. They did a great job. I think I, it's weird as John, well. John
1: Favreau, dude. Yeah, yeah. John Favreau is the fucking man.
0: Exactly, dude. And it's weird because. I'd not seen John Favreau in anything for ages. And then the day before I started The Mandalorian, I watched I Love You Man. And like- Oh yeah. He's, and he's like the <laughs> asshole boyfriend of like- Yeah. And then like, I got to the end of the first episode of The uh, Mandalorian. I was like, holy shit, John Favreau fucking directed this. I was like, that's sick. Yep. But so, I never knew that he had a lot to do with like Iron Man and shit, didn't he?
1: Well, yeah, he, he, he did all the Iron Man movies. He was a big part of the, the Marvel universe. And I've re—I just free- finished the Marvel Universe again. You know, I watched fucking every single one of them because what the fuck else were we gonna do for ten months? Exactly, dude. So,
0: are and, you? Uh, uh, or yeah. Which
1: which order do you go? Release order
0: or do you go chronological, like timeline order?
1: Um, I mean, they're more more or less they're about the same. There's a couple that you can switch out. You know, obviously, oh. if you look at like oh,
0: did they get did they get released in? not like near enough chronological order
1: then kind of but if you have Disney plus they have it listed chronologically um so that you can watch it but it's like iron man 1 and captain america were like right there and same with the first hulk you know we're just, but, we're yeah. just getting super fucking nerdy right now but another thing i'm not i'm not a marvel <laughs> fan How
0: crazy is that i don't do marvel i don't do marvel either
1: really are you dc yeah.
0: no i'm just like i'm just weird just... i just i'm from yeah, england like we we just we just like stab each other and drink tea like that's life here yeah you guys just
1: <laughs> eat beans and don't season your food there you go bro that is life like like iron man what the fuck's that like beans yeah. man maybe like
0: fuck this oh, iron i'm dude. not gonna
1: lie i i want to go back to the uk so bad i miss a full english breakfast oh my god it sounds so good Bro, when you're next here, I have got you
0: fully, hundred percent. I'll take you. I'll make you. A, I'll make you a pogman special. Even though I'm vegetarian, I will definitely cook meat for you because I'll cook it for my girlfriend anyway. But I'll, I'll also take you to some good spots that do some good English breakfasts.
1: Yeah, for sure, man. God, I miss that place. Because the key,
0: the key, you... the key to getting a good English breakfast is you want to go to the shitty hole in the wall cafes, similar to like yeah. you're, similar to like when you're in LA, you want like. Mexican joint that looks like it's run down and horrible, but it's gonna turn. oh, yeah, where the yeah. sign
1: half the sign doesn't work, the exactly. lights don't work on it, yeah. and like that's the same in England. nobody
0: speaks English, yeah, exactly. That's the same in England with the English preference. You want to go to like a place where it's just greasy as fuck, there's just a shit ton of workmen in there in like high vis jackets and hard hats and shit, yeah. like reading papers, yeah. yep, like that's the place you want to be, definitely. That's where you'll get the good shit. When we
1: were on the tour, you know, because like most music venues aren't in like the posh areas of town. Nah, yeah, yeah. So I remember when we were in Birmingham and we did the O2 Academy in London for two nights. So it's like uh, everywhere we had these venues at um, Manchester, you know, they're not in the nicest area. So yeah. I got some good fucking food because they're way off out of out of the cut where people don't go definitely normally man. except for. The working, the everyday working people. Definitely,
0: you want the guy to be like standing there with like half a cigarette hanging out of his mouth and shit. Like you
1: Oh fuck yeah, dude! If there's a ch- I want his dirty ass hands touching my food. Hell yeah, like, I'm fine with that. If there's
0: a chance that you're gonna find some cigarette ash in like your beans, it's probably <laughs> gonna be better than fucking getting it from some established fucking you know chain joint. So fuck that.
1: Yeah, well, you can't get fucking pepper there anyway, so just put some cigarette ash exactly, on bro.
0: it. Exactly, bro. That's how we season get, ash give here. me here. Some... <laughs>
1: Yeah, give, give me some brown sauce and we'll just dunk everything in it. Oh man, brown brown sauce is the
0: most British together. I gave it my girlfriend for the first time a couple of weeks back because she's from Philadelphia and she's like, yeah, she's like, what the fuck is this? And I'm like, it's fucking brown sauce, man. She's like, but like, what is it? Because I call I call ketchup red sauce, but red sauce to her because she's half Italian. He's like, you know, gravy or like fucking, marinara. Yeah, like yeah, fucking... yeah. But I call ketchup yeah. red sauce and brown sauce is brown sauce, so, but. Then she just thinks I'm referring to the color of the sauce. I'm like, no, it's actually called bread. <laughs> like, this is not just me using my stupid fucking Wolverhampton slang. Like, it's actually <laughs> cold brown sauce. Well,
1: yeah, It is here. funny. All my friends in the UK, when I was over there, you know, you ask them, like, what the fuck is brown sauce? Like, it's just brown sauce. Just yeah. eat it or don't. I don't know what to tell you. That is exactly <laughs> what it is. Because, Dude, I'm 32, and I've
0: only really known the last few years that it's actually, like, made of fruit. Like... Oh, see, you learn something new every day. fuck knows what fruit it is, bro, because I don't know any fruit that tastes like fucking bread sauce, but, like... But, yeah,
1: like... There's some things you don't want to know what's in it, and that's fine. Yeah,
0: exactly, because some things, if you knew what was in it, you wouldn't fucking eat it either, so...
1: Well, that's why I don't eat the black pudding. Oh, dude, I gave my girlfriend that for the first time, and she didn't like that either. Yeah, yeah, even before I knew what it was, it didn't really hit, and then I found out what it was, and then it really didn't hit. (laughs) See, I like, I like the, the, the key to black
0: pudding is you've got to like have it well done, you've got to near enough overcook it. Like, that's that's for me personally, anyway. I know other people like if it's if it's a bit raw or soft, like, ugh, nah, but if it's if it's well done, it gets like a bit of a waxy texture. And it, not that I'm selling it very well because who the fuck wants to eat wax, but yeah, that's oh
1: no, <laughs> when, when I get it, when I come over there, if you if you Have somewhere that I need to try, I'll fucking try it again. I got you, bro. 100%. I'm going to take it. Once I can start traveling again, I'm going to eat everything everywhere I go. Hell yeah. Like, I'm not going to take this shit for granted anymore. Right, before this turns
0: into the uh, Pog and Sub Doctor uh, cooking hour. (laughs) 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 Basically, one last thing I want to do with everybody is uh, this is going to be Pogman's post apocalyptic playlist, seeing as we're basically in the fucking apocalypse right now. So, the world's ended. It's like that shit film that Vega Mortensen was in, or whatever. Was it The Road or some shit? Basically. Oh,
1: I don't remember. Or some <laughs>
2: some sort of
0: some sort of post apocalyptic shit film. Anyway, you're living in a bunker. You've got like a fucking, you know, one of those shipping. You're in a shipping container, like fifty feet under the ground. Basically, you've only got like, bo- like Book Eli shit. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So yeah, you that's that's you for life. You've only got five albums. And those are your albums for the rest of time. What are you taking down to your post-apocalyptic bunker?
2: Oh,
1: five albums. Um, I'll go both Art of Drowning and Sing the Sorrow from AFI. You're going two AFI um, albums? Yeah, I am. I oh, am. wow. Those ones are special. Striding there. Um, I would go with Nos Illmatic. Banger of an album. Um, I would go with... Oh, man. Is tough i haven't looked at cds in so long even like albums on my spotify probably that uh misanthrop analog album no nice. one that came out like a year or two ago it's like my favorite thing in the world right now and then uh oh man probably like a michael jackson's greatest hits
0: See, i could get down with that whatever your thoughts yeah. whatever your thoughts are on mj the man's the king of pop and forever will be
1: yeah, and you know what? He's dead. So I mean, what are you going to do? Exactly. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> I'm going to enjoy his music. You can only crucify him so far before I mean, he's the fucking king. So there you go. I'll put these in the
0: uh I'll put these in the description, some links so everybody can check out Sub Dr.s post-apocalyptic playlist. But two F- <laughs> two two AFI albums I must admit, as much as I know that you love them, it surprised me that you've wasted two spots on one band.
1: Yeah, I was also struggling for time constraints to to think of five fucking albums, um, I knew, that, that, this, I knew really... that this would
0: I knew that this would pressure people, definitely.
1: Yeah, I have like two brains, dude. I've been in the I've been in the bass music, dubstep world for a decade. I only have a couple of brain cells left,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and it sounds like a lot of them are still reserved for AFO at the back, so you're chilling, you know, <laughs> you're chilling. just just the old music, the old the good old days. Yeah, oh, God, dude, that is literally us now. Oh, I remember fucking AFI, the good old fucking... Just, we are those guys. <laughs> we are literally those guys. Oh, yeah, guys. it's going to be awesome. But, yeah, I'll let everybody know about the uh, the albums because everyone's got to check them out, of course. Uh, AFI, that Meftris album. Fuck it. You know, that was a good selection, to be honest. Illmatic, I mean, come on. Arguably one of the greatest hip-hop albums ever made.
1: Yeah, I know as soon as we get off of this, I'm going to change
0: one of those AFI albums, but it's fine. It, it's,
1: this is a moment in history, like, we're going to
0: leave it. There you go there you go bro right and <laughs> <know> at that guys <laughs> i think we're gonna uh we're gonna close it down i hope that everybody has learned some stuff about preston sub doctor is there anything that you want to say before we sign off bro
1: uh no if you made it this far congratulations
0: there you go exactly if you've managed to sit through us talking some of the utter shit that we spoke like
1: fucking fair play to you fair fucking play. that was a fucking blast dude thanks for having me on for the inaugural episode and uh of course i hope you uh much success in this and this is really fun glad we got to chat we've talked so much on on twitter and you know just social media as i always like being able to connect with someone definitely yeah it's, this is the, the closest we're gonna get to connecting. It's crazy to think that
0: this is actually the first time we've spoken what, what we can call yeah. face-to-face, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's wild. But, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so thank you, guys. Thanks for tuning in to the first episode of Get to Know with Pogman. Thank you, Sub Doctor, again, absolute legend for getting thank involved. You. And we will see you guys on the next episode, so peace. <laughs>